0: My name's David. I'm going to bring us the Bible reading for tonight. It's actually reading out of both the Old Testament and the New Testament. First will be 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 11 to 16. That will be on the screen. It's also on page 435 of the Pew Bibles. And then Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15, and that's on page 970 of the Pew Bibles. The Lord Appears to Solomon. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I'll forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. And then turning over to Matthew chapter 6 and starting at verse 5, titled Prayer. And when you pray... Do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. John, we look forward to you speaking on these passages. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word and how it can just cut right into our hearts. We ask that you will just bless these words as we think about them now. And as John speaks to us, may your spirit speak through him. May he just have a word from you. For each one of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, David. Evening all. Evening all. Thank you. Talk to me. I'm glad you're all here because I'm enjoying being here too. Um, <clears throat> for the last three or four weeks, we've been talking about foundations that inspire And we've been looking at at foundations that uh, are in place to take us into the future. As the future is wafting and changing and very powerfully moving against the things that we might have otherwise held dear, uh, we can be very uncertain about how we go about the process of living in that environment. How do we know where to go? How do we know what to do? And we looked at, in the last uh, f- the first four or five weeks that I was here, we looked at the resources that are at our disposal, what God has put in place for his people. Now we want to move on, and Lauren started it last week, and I wanted to move on a little bit into it t- today, is to think about the gifts that God has put in place that make it possible for us to move into that relationship with him with a clarity and a power that shows us the future. Now, I want to talk about what I think is called heart intimacy. Uh, it's, 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 Its word is love. Its word is prayer. But I want to think of it in terms of an intimacy between you and God and me and God in a way that is indescribable to anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about. This is where my heart beats in concert with the heart of the living God and he shows me the direction I need to be taking. In the beginning, in the beginning when you were born, you were born in a relationship with God but not very soon, not very long after that, something happened in your relationship with God and it was cut off. It was almost as if your spirit was stillborn and uh, the things of life and the selfishness of humanity stepped in and cut you off from the living God. Uh, We talked about this in the very first part, our being, our being somehow is just lost to God. When we come back into a relationship with God at the very beginning, we discover that what he does is say to us, here is my being, I invite you back in. I invite you back in to mix your being with mine. To mix who you are with me. To interrelate with me in the Trinity in exactly the same way as the Trinity interrelates to one another. Talk the things of the kingdom. Talk, Talk the things of wonder and of grace and mercy and joy. Talk to them together with me. Now this is one of the gifts that God has given to us. It's the gift of being able to relate to him at the depth of spiritual level. This is not part of our physical world. This is part of the spiritual world. And so he says to us, uh, we can use different phrases to describe it, we can, we can talk about words of the Spirit, that go between Spirit, between us and the Father, can speak to us, can take our words, can bring back the words of the Father for us. Or we can talk in, in terms of encounters of intimacy, where the one who loves us goes deeper into our character and in our personality than we've ever, ever discovered before. He knows what's happening for us and he comes into us right at the very heart of the essence of our being and he says, I have enveloped you in. I have mixed myself in with you and I am here now to show you the way forward. I give to you the gift of communicating with me. I give to you the gift of hearing me. I give to you the gift of being able to talk with me all the time all the time to be able to talk with him prayer is not the overcoming of God's reluctance prayer is taking hold of God's willingness he is willing and has always been willing when you were born he looked at you and he said look at that beautiful young lady she is precious look at that young fella what's he going to be for me what he did was perfect, what he did was great, what he did was loving and, and, and he says to us, I'm, I am ready, I'm reaching out for you and I'm saying I want you to live my life in the kingdom but you've got to live it in this world. There are going to be conflicts between the kingdoms and I want you to have the power to be able to live in the physical world in the realm of the spirit. I will give it to you. I will talk about it with you day by day, moment by moment. I won't give it to you all in one big hit like that. It happens over a lifetime. And I will transform you through the experiences of your life into the character of Jesus. We stand in this most remarkable position of being able to talk, not necessarily with words, with the creator of the universe. Where we sense who he is and what he's saying. We sense his majesty. I mean, I've married, been married to my wife long enough now to know when she needs a cup of tea without her saying a word. She's much slower to get me coffee, but <laughs> God knows who we are and what he does in us is draws closer and closer and draws into the routine of communication in trinity. And he allows us to feel his heart. He allows us to know. He allows us to hear his voice. I don't think I've ever heard it in a voice type voice. But I've heard him speak to me many, many times. I know what he says. Uh, in, in my career a little while ago, some years ago now, I was invited to go overseas uh, to do some research. I had to go over for nine weeks. And the idea was to visit various Bible colleges and I became increasingly lonely over that period of time, as you can imagine, travelling around the world, and I used to find her as soon as I could, whenever I could. How quickly do you think I took to find out whether I was talking to her or not? Half a second, because I recognised her voice. When we build a relationship with God, we know his voice. And it's very hard to start our prayer but the longer we go, the more we move into prayer, the more we hear the voice of the Master. And we know it. We know when he's speaking to us. Prayer is not something that we start the day with and then shut off and later on in the day we might talk to him again. Prayer is that relationship in which we are in communion with the living God all day. Having conversations with him about our life. Walking the road with him. Talking about the things that are happening to us, the friendships we have, Lord, is this is this young lady really the one you, one for me? Is this fella the really the right guy? Even from the earliest days, the nature of God's relationship with people centered around prayer. Uh, in the reading that we had from uh, to, uh, that, that, those chapter that chapter seven, uh, we see we see God speaking back to Solomon but in fact we've got to go back to chapter 6 to sense what's actually going on in the picture what's happened is that Solomon has built for a number of years now a a massive and incredible temple to house the living God Uh, David said David Solomon's father said Lord I want to build you a house And, and the Lord said to David you're not going to build it you've got too much blood on your hands I'm going to give it to your son to build and when he's finished it he's to come and talk to me so in chapter 6, we see the prayer of dedication and David says, uh, and, and Solomon says to the Lord, Lord, if, if your people who, 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 uh, whose house has been burnt down can pray, will you listen to them? If your people, when the locusts are about, will, 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 you, will you hear them? Lord, if, if uh, some nations attack us and, and we come and into the temple and we pray, will you hear us? Now I've only done about three there. The Lord comes back, wakes Solomon up and he says, Solomon, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. The foundation stone of Judeo-Christian theology is that God's people have been given the right and the power to interact with the living God by praying right from way back then and he invites you and he invites me to take this up the longer we do this, the more we do this the more we gather the, the truth and the reality of the presence of the living God in our lives if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray seek my face and turn from their wicked ways I will hear from heaven And I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. Jesus has some teaching on prayer. Direct words from Jesus Christ about prayer. Uh, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Uh, Are you sure? I'm not sure the Ukrainians are feeling very happy at the moment about praying for the Russians. Now You see, this world in which we live is a topsy-turvy world. The kingdom of God says to do things that are not normal in our physical world. In our physical world, we want to fight back. God says to the Ukrainians, now what I want you to do first of all is to get on your knees and I want to pray, I want to ask you to pray for the Russians and I want you to see me work through you to do the things that need to be done. I wonder what our Ukrainian brothers and sisters in Baptist churches over in Ukraine are doing right now seriously you want me to you want me to pray for them yeah don't you understand the power of prayer i want you to pray then jesus told them a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up well people say no, hang on why should i say things to god a couple of times surely once i've said it to him he, he must know he already knows anyway yeah but you don't You don't understand the implications of what's going on in the prayer life that you have. The more you open your heart up to Him to talk about the things that are important to you, the things you want to talk about, the more He will be able to wrestle with your soul, the more He will be able to wrestle with the real you to the point where you actually see things from God's perspective. You need to talk to Him because you need to talk to Him. He doesn't need it. He's the Almighty God. But but Jesus says to us, here, let me give you a gift. Let me give you a gift to to be organised in relationship with God. Know what it feels like to feel the pulsating presence of the living God in your soul, telling you what to do and when you do it, watching him do the things and just getting thoroughly blessed by having been used. That's what life is about. That's what he invites us to do. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Two issues there. When we talk to the Lord, he tells us what to pray for. He explains to us the things that we need to ask for. And then when we ask for them, he says, yes, of course you may have them. I told you already what to ask for. We don't simply plug up and say, Lord, I'd like a fishing rod with some flash tackle, please. We don't do that sort of stuff. What we do is to say to him, Lord, I have an issue here. This has been offending my life for a long, long time. I need to talk to you. Lord, what should I do? And he says, well, why don't you try so-and-so? And you say, Lord, can I have that, please? And he says, yes, of course. I just gave it to you. I just told you what to do, and you listened to me. Can you not see that this life of ours is a conversation with God from one minute to the next, right the way through our life. An understanding of, a, of, of, of that all the time. So our prayer is, if necessary, use words. It's our spirit in communion with his spirit. The other thing is, and this is, you know, there are plenty of times we could preach a sermon or three on those topics, but our faith is predicated on forgiveness you are a child of the living God because he has forgiven you your sin and if you're not prepared to forgive others he cannot forgive you your sin you cannot disown what you presume to present as your life if you choose not to forgive this is hard stuff if you choose not to forgive our father cannot forgive you In your life, your prayer life is the location where your attitudes are changed, where your values are changed, where the things that you love are changed, where your whole character is changed by this conversation with God and where he says, yeah, that that fella did run over your wife and kill her. Now I want you to forgive her, uh, give him. Is it hard? Of course it's hard. Does it cause you to bleed? Of course it causes you to bleed. But he knows you, he made you and he says to you, I want you to come to me let me mould your character as as your being becomes more and more involved in my being let me mould you and let me show you that forgiveness is a part of that act. I forgave you and I will go on forgiving you through eternity and I want you to learn that in my kingdom, the topsy-turvy kingdom, forgiveness lies at the heart. It's written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer. Solomon knew that. Solomon asked the Lord if my people pray and the Lord replied, my people who are called by my name, will come, confess their sins, if they will pray, if they will humble themselves, get down on their knees, I'll forgive them. I'll forgive them. But real teaching is evidenced in real behaviour, if it's to be trusted. What did Jesus do? It was all very well to say, well, he, he taught that about prayer. He said that this is what you should do in prayer. What did he actually do himself? Morning devotions. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Evening prayer. After leaving them, he went into the hills to pray. solitary times, I didn't print that one, it was a bit too long whoops, let's go back all night prayer one of those days Jesus went into the hills to pray and spent the whole night praying to God now do you suppose that Jesus spent the whole time talking I would suggest to you that he spent most of the time in silence in the presence of the living God I would suggest to you that he spent most of the time listening in his heart. Now remember who we're talking about here. We're talking about the son and the father. Where does the son receive his power to do the things that the father has called upon him to do? He spends his time with God all night. When he had to call the disciples, when he had to identify those 12 who were supposed to be the good ones, what did he do? He spent the night in prayer. He asked the Lord for direction. He chose the guys he was supposed to choose and then he announced it to the world. Now, folks, I'm sorry, but if you're not praying about your future, if you're not praying about your spouse, if you're not praying about the courses you're supposed to be doing, you're missing out. You're missing out. You're not hearing the voice of the master. You need to have his words intertwined with yours. You need to have his love intertwined with yours. You need to have his relationship intertwined with yours. Why pray? A couple of ideas of mine now. Jesus' advice and behaviour sets the pattern for his disciples, doesn't it? If that's what Jesus says we ought to do, and if that's what Jesus did himself as the son of the living God, then surely we're bright enough to listen and hear hear him say to us, that's how I want you to live your life. That's how in the kingdom of God, you go from one step to the other. (laughs) This is the gift I've given you for goodness sake. You're not on your own now. I've given you access right into the heart of the living God. This is my gift to you, my gift of love and life and future and possibility. I'm giving into your hands the possibility of your destiny. I'm placing it there. It's all yours. I don't think we can snub our nose at that. In prayer, God helps us see ourselves. We talked about that uh, a little while ago when we said we need to keep on praying. And I said, some people say, well, having prayed once, surely God knows what's going on. You see, in prayer, the real process that's happening is that God is forming us. God is forming us to understand ourselves. God is moulding our characters, moulding our interaction with one another and with himself. To the point where over a lifetime we grow to be like Jesus. Bit by bit, moment by moment, step by step, he continues to change the building blocks of your life, the building blocks of my life and introduces to the most significant character in the world, our saviour, our master, our friend. God helps us see who we really are. Many of us can be conned by this world. Believing that we're this, that or the other. He says to us, let me go to the truth with you. Let me hold your hand. Let me put my arm around your shoulder. All the kind of visionary stuff you want to say. Let me guide you through. Bit by bit, talk to me. It is the behaviour that feeds our being. As we enter into this relationship with the living God. This behaviour of communicating with him backwards and forwards, this behaviour of experiencing love language, of experiencing heart intimacy, this behaviour feeds our soul, feeds our very being. This is where we go to grow. It's a gift that God has given to us. Here we deal with life's issues in the context of our God relationship and we discover pretty soon that what God does in this conversation all the the time is is, he does God things, he does God type things and he takes us beyond ourselves, beyond the vision that we might be able to see about ourselves and he takes us into his future for us. He says to us, now I want you to go and do so. Heaven's above, I can't do that. I don't have the money to do that. Let me worry about the money. I don't have the resources. I'm not, I'm not, not well enough educated. Don't spend, send me to another university. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. Just do as you told. And that leads us on to another gift that he has given to us, but I'm not going to tell you about that now. I'll, t- I'll talk about that in a couple of weeks' time. You see, it's in prayer, it's in this heart intimacy with God that we grow spiritually. This is the place. Now, let me say it again. Prayer is not the significant event. Prayer takes us to the place where the event can happen. Did you hear me? Prayer itself is not magical. Prayer itself takes us to the location where God, by His Spirit is able to do the conversing, the change of our, of, our, of our internal being, our character, to conform us to Jesus. It's not actually prayer that does it. Prayer is what puts us there. What about the content of our prayer? What should we be praying? I mean, what, what words should we be using? Well, Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go to Jesus' instructions. What happened in, in Jesus' time was that uh, a teacher would be asked by his disciples to, to, to teach them how to pray. And every teacher would give their disciples a, a prayer that they could pray. And uh, Jesus' disciples did the right thing. They said, Lord, could you teach us to pray? And he said, yeah, I'll teach you to pray. Now, in my opinion, what Jesus does here is not give them a prayer that they can pray out loud real quick and get it over and done with. But he gives them in the prayer that he shows them the content that might fulfil their heart desires and the issues that they need to deal with. First of all, he says, well, oops, our Father in heaven, know who you're dealing with, know who you're talking to. Let's not pretend here. There's no place to say, how you going, heavenly dad? Everything okay? Know who you're dealing with. Know whose power and authority you are interacting with. Our Father. There's a corporate reality in all of this. Our prayer lives are individual, but they're always corporate. We're always here for one another. He says, our Father. Father. I mean, we could have a sermon on each of these words, really. Father. Don't let me suggest to you that this is talking about male and femaleness. It's not. We call him Father because he is the progenitor of our existence. He is where we started, so we call him Father. He is neither male nor female. Neither is Jesus or the Spirit. They are God. They are beyond us, beyond their understanding. But we are taught to understand that if your heavenly father longs to look after you and I put my hand in the air for my three kids and my four grandkids, does a father long to look after his family? You bet. Will a father do anything to protect his girls? You bet. If a father is prepared to do that, how much would your heavenly father do to look after you? He loves you. He's your father. Come to him and say, Father God, we begin our worship as we start worship. We're coming into the presence of the living God. We're coming into the presence of the master of the universe. And when we, when we commence our prayers, we have to recognize in our head who we're talking with. Hello, be your name. May, may your name be recognized on this earth in the same way that it's recognised in the kingdom of God. In this physical world, there there is one ruler, isn't there? You know who that is? It's Satan. And he would see God's name ridiculed forever. And our prayer to the living God is, would you come into this physical world and would you allow your name to be honoured? I don't know about you, but I cannot cope when people use the name of Jesus or God as swear words. I feel like running up to them saying, don't you understand you're talking to my best friend? Don't you understand who he is? How dare you? When you begin your prayers, understand who you're talking with. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. The kingdom of this earth, the kingdom... Of the spiritual world allow the kingdom of this world the topsy-turvy kingdom in comparison to this one come because in this kingdom we talk about love in this kingdom we talk about joy in this kingdom we, we talk about grace and forgiveness and healing and mercy Lord let it come into this world where everybody is all about Hurting one another to get to the best they can do for themselves. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let it it happen on earth as it happens where the angels bow down before you. Where the angels are delighted to serve the master. Where the prayers of the saints are lifted up in bowls of praise before the living God. Lord, let that happen here. You know what you're really asking? Lord, would you do that through me? Lord, would you do that in me? I don't know how that's going to happen. And I don't know about the circumstances I'm going into when I leave this place. Would you do that in me? Would you interact with my spirit to put me in just the place to get it right for you? Lord, would you do that with me? Give us today our daily bread. There isn't enough, there is enough, wor- uh, let's start again. There is enough food in the world for everybody to be fed. Some of us take too much. Some of us are greedy. And some people starve to death because of that. That's our world. And so we say to him, Lord, would you help me to accept what I need, but be prepared to be your servant to be used for the sake of others. You see, this kingdom of ours is always for the sake of others. It's never for our own sake. It's so God might be able to use us with other people. It's for everybody else. It's for the universe. I don't come in a kind of selfishness into the being of God and say, let me grow like you. If you want to grow like him, open the barn doors. Open the barn doors and see what he does. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, this is the only part of the Lord's Prayer which gets repeated. Just a little bit in a verse or two after the Lord's Prayer finishes, um, Jesus says to the disciples, when David read it, you heard it, if you don't forgive, I can't forgive you. You should have learned from the foundational issue that brought you to faith in the first place. The foundational issue that brought you to faith in the first place was that I forgive you your sin. I long for you to come back into a relationship with me and I long for there to be no barrier between us of any kind, whatever. So when that drunk guy runs over my wife and kills her, what does God say to me? I want you to forgive him. I want you to forgive him. do you know why? Because the one who bears the burden if I don't forgive is me I carry the memory I carry the hurt I carry the pain and if I don't say in Jesus name I can't say it on my own but in Jesus name I say I forgive you you will lurch along in the shadow lands for the rest of your life he says to us I started it all by forgiving you and I invite you now to adopt my character and forgive those with whom you've had fights and arguments. Now that may be enough to get you going tonight, if that's happened to you. I'm telling you it's serious. I am. You don't do that. You, he can't talk to you. You blot him out. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Well, I've talked about the two worlds, the world of this kingdom... And the talk about the spiritual world Fellas you know What I'm talking about in terms of temptations That have to be denied Among other things Ladies you know about Foundational issues that uh, just have to be You have to be very careful about Our world Comes along and says come on This will be good Just one path. Come on just one drink It'll be okay you'll have a good time The temptation is always there. I don't even have to need to speak on this, do I? You know it. You know all about that stuff. I don't need to talk to you about it, but I do need to say, when we come to the master, he has already, in his kingdom, banished the evil one. And if you come to him under the issues of temptation... When the issues, issues of these kinds of difficulties, he will say to the evil one, get lost. In fact, he says to you, tell the evil one to be gone and he must leave you. So what you do when you're tempted is to do what the scriptures tell us. Satan, in Jesus' name, I tell you to be gone. Does he give you that authority? Yes, he does. You're his son. You're his daughter. He gives you that authority. Jesus in prayer. I'm going to ask you to turn your, turn your eyes off for a moment. Close your, close your eyes. You see, we've talked about what Jesus says we ought to do in prayer. We've, we've actually watched Jesus' prayer, but I want, because we've never heard this before, I want you to hear Jesus praying. Listen for intimacy. After Jesus said this, he looked forward toward heaven and prayed. Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you you granted him authority over all the people that he might give eternal life to those who you have given him now this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God of Jesus Christ whom you have sent I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave to me to do and now father glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began i revealed to you those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they've obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world but for those you have given me for they are yours all I have is yours and all you have is mine and glory has come to me through them I will remain in the world no longer but they are still in the world and I'm coming to you Holy Father protect them by the power of your name the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one while I was with you with them I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me none has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled I'm coming to you now but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy with them I have given them your word and your word and the world has hated them for they're not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and have loved me even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and that I myself may be in them. Let's pray. Do you get a sense of the intimacy? Do you get a sense of the love? Do you get a sense of the, the, the inness? I don't know how to describe it even. The our beings are intertwined with one another. Prayer is where we come alive. Prayer is a discipline to be pursued for life. It is a discipline. It is a gift of gold that God has given to us, but it requires our work to dig it out. He expects us to be a part of that work. He expects us to pray. Prayer is a discipline to be pursued for life. Life's decisions, behaviours, And attitudes need to be laced with prayer. Who is that appropriate girl? Who's that guy? What courses do I do? Am I supposed to go to the mission field? How do I love in really difficult circumstances? how do I cope with pain in my life where does death fit in if you think you're going to miss out on some of these questions think again that's your life, it's every human being's life it comes to us all how are you going to cope with that he says to us do that do that come and let me be your friend as we said right at the very beginning, come and dance with me. Come and dance with me. Let me be the lead partner. I'll share with you. I'll talk to you. I'll feed your spirit. Prayer is the scene of the Christian's greatest wrestling matches This is the way. Walk in it. He says to us, quietly and gently. That's the direction. You've got it right. Lord, I can't. Look at what lies before me. How can I leave behind all this wonderful stuff just to do that? Do as you're told. Listen to me. Let me change your life. And together we will build a life that was meant to be God purposed from the very beginning and the gift of God that he's given to us to accept it is intimacy of the soul